Canuck Central, Dan Richo, Satyar Shaw in the Kid Tech studio. Kid Tech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500. Actually, you know what? It's not just 1,500 five-star Google reviews anymore. It's much, much more than that. It's actually 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech. Net. This hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company, helping local business since 1892. Uh, see, I just go on muscle memory with some of these reads, but uh, sometimes they get updated, Zat. So you gotta, you gotta, gotta stay on your toes. You gotta read the script, man. You gotta, you, gotta, <laughs> you have to stick to the script. Sometimes the script changes. Sometimes the script changes. A hundred percent right. Um, all it's right. Like when we get our talking orders from the Canucks, sometimes the script changes. <laughs> Don't give people that. Like some people are gonna take that as true now. <laughs> oh, yes. that's funny. C-Mac tells me exactly what to say on the show. <laughs> It's not, it's that's the one I. always my favorite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, it is a Wednesday, so it's time for overrated or underrated here on Canuck Central. We bring in producer Josh Elliott Wolf to the conversation. Hello. Hi, Josh. How's it going? How are you? I've been great. Yeah. Yeah. How is medium seventy-five going for you? It's actually been good. Yeah. I've. Uh, it's not overrated. No, I would. Well, it might be overrated, <laughs> but I'm still. Uh, I feel better. Okay, that's good. Good. Yeah. Josh is on a uh, 75 day workout plan. <sighs> Love it. He's convinced and- it's going to turn him into a new man. Yeah. Well, you are in it, Josh. Dom is in it. Um, though he's going to start in March. Yep. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think I, I'm the only one that started so far. Mm. And I'm getting a lot of heat him. from Dom, too. It's been... <laughs> He's just jealous. That's, yeah. that's very Dom of him. Well, well, you actually have a legitimate reason to get ahead of it, though. Yeah, I'm going to Mexico in, in April, so i got to get the bod Mexico. ready. Mexico? Yeah. Got to get that beach bod ready. Yeah, that's the plan. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> get a little P90X going, too, while you're at it? <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. No. Um... <laughs> Uh, overrated or underrated? P90X. Yeah. Uh, what year is it? Uh, all right. Let's go. Okay. First one from Sat. Trade-related healthy scratches. Overrated or underrated? Oh, like, is anybody seriously considering it's underrated? <laughs> it's an absolute joke. It's an embarrassment. It's like trade-related reasons. We have three players who have been held out for trade-related reasons now in the last two weeks, and nobody's been traded yet. Yeah. It's a joke. It's like The NHL is so boring. It's so boring. Even the imminent trades take forever. It's like watching paint dry. <laughs> we may trade this guy, just not today. <laughs> or tomorrow. <laughs> or next week. <laughs> or like, maybe we hold on to him to the offseason. Like, apparently, Jacob Chikrin. Like, honestly, like, it's even money Jacob Chikrin either gets traded or actually <laughs> plays another game for the Coyotes after the deadline. None of it makes sense, you know. Uh, even Timo Meyer and... Uh, all the trade discussions around him in San Jose, there's like uh, the, Mike Greer doesn't want to trade either of them because yet because uh, he doesn't want it to interfere with the, the Patrick Marlowe <laughs> retirement night. It's like, no, it's because you haven't gotten a decent offer yet, Mike. Yeah, no, exactly. that's why. That's what, what if a team goes to him and it's like, hey, here's this great offer. It's off the table February 27th. Yeah. He's going to say no. 
No, can't do it. Sorry. Means, means too much to Patrick for those two to <laughs> be there. <laughs> don't want to distract from Patrick Marlowe night. Unbelievable. Uh, next one. Dylan, Luke Shen's trade value. Overrated or underrated? It's overrated. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Luke Shen shouldn't be worth a second-round draft choice. No, why not? Because he's, he's just a, he's a depth defenseman for a, an actual contending team. Depth defensemen go for a second and third round picks all the time. I guess so. At the deadline. Especially righty defensemen, guys who are physical. I mean, if we were sitting here talking about a second round pick plus or a first round pick, like we're talking maybe a second, you know, more, more likely maybe a third. I don't think that's ridiculous. I think that's more in line with what it should be, really. Like, hey, does a bidding war get to a point where one team says, you know what, we'll, we'll trade our second. And Vancouver just says, let's do that. Yeah. I mean... I, I could totally foresee this happening. I just wouldn't want. Like if I was a GM, I, I don't. I'd I'd be squeamish at having to pay that price for Luke Shen. That's how I, what I would say. He's a really good defenseman. He's been a really good fit here in Vancouver. Just it seems pricey. Like th- there's talk about the Leafs wanting to to do it. Yeah. You know, I'd take him over Justin Hall, but is is he playing a, a huge role for the Leafs? Probably not. Well, I mean, can he play every day for the Leafs instead of Justin Hall? I'd say he'd be more likely to do that or yeah. at least give you that opportunity. And in the postseason, having physical guys who know how to play within the system, they have value. And ultimately, that's why we'll see if he gets a second. But if we're talking about the, the height of his value being a late second round pick, I can't sit here and say we're overrating his value. All right. Uh, Austin, B-level prospects in a trade, overrated or underrated? B-level prospects? Probably overrated, Yeah, I'd say. Right? Like, like how many of these, these B-level prospects work out? Not many. Like, you know, guys that are worth typically a third-round pick. You know, some would be worth a second maybe. Like, Sven Berich was a higher-end B-level B prospect, which costs a second to acquire. Those guys are usually worth a bit more, right? But even them, I mean, you saw where that went. And he was a good one for a couple of years. And you saw where Lyndon Bay went. Those guys are kind of considered B-level, maybe slightly higher. Was Aturatu, so, or would you say Aturatu is a B-level prospect? Or No, I wouldn't say that. I think he's considered uh, a higher-end prospect than that. Like, he's not considered a high-end prospect, but he's certainly considered higher than a B-prospect. Like, he's... I don't know what kind of designation you would put on it, but he's definitely at least one tier above that prospect-wise. Like I, I do know people around the league value Aturatu. They view him as like a first-round pick value type of prospect. You know, like for 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 the Islanders to trade him and trade the pick, they felt like I mean, they had to get Vancouver to retain and take back with Bolivier, Bavillier, and do a bunch of different things, right? So I, I'd say Aturatu's prospect value is significantly higher or is higher than a b-level prospect in a lot of cases i'd prefer the draft choice over the prospect yes because you can do um i think the the draft choice gives you more options you know either as a trade asset uh it doesn't take up a contract slot on your books so and not every prospect would either i guess you could say that but I just think you have more options with a draft choice over a B-level prospect. I completely agree. And like honestly, one of the most over uh, underrated things is trading draft picks if you have a bevy of them. Yeah. Like I think you should you should you should make you should always or, or at least where the Canucks find themselves right now, not always, they should not be making 
draft selections below their allotment. So that's at least seven picks in each round. Right now, the Canucks have to have at least seven picks and more, right? Like, I think an ideal number would be if you could get to, what, ten picks by the end of this year? Yep. Right? Or, like, nine picks by the end of the season? If you can do those things, then all of a sudden... If you have a few extra ones, now you can pedal them. Like I think the value in being able to move a few middle-level draft mid-level draft picks, especially in the off-season, to find some answers if you have cap space, might be one of the market inefficiencies in the NHL. Like Chicago now, they've got seven draft choices in the first three rounds after taking on Zaitsev's contract today. I think Arizona's got something insane, like 17 picks in the first three rounds of the next three drafts. You know, um, you would think that those draft picks become trade capital for them. I I, I would say there is a better than 90% chance the Arizona Coyotes don't make all of those draft choices in the first three rounds of these drafts. It, it becomes very valuable in trade, much like, you know, the Colorado Avalanche using those picks to get Devin Taves and some of the other moves we've seen contenders do. Uh, with extra draft picks to add players to their roster. Okay, the next one comes from um, Phil. Trading Ethan Bear, overrated or underrated? I think it would be overrated because I don't think Ethan Bear has done enough yet in Vancouver to move the needle a ton with his value. Hmm. So he, he cost we, the Canucks a fifth-round pick. You know what? How much more could he get you right now, if anything? So I, I'd say to kind of make that, can you get a third? Mm-hmm. Would that be worth it to you? I, like, I listen. I'm not the biggest Ethan Bear fan, to be honest. Like, I think he's a placeholder. Like, I think he can he can play in your third. But like, if you're trying to solve your third pair and having Ethan Bear and Travis Dermott, fine. Like, okay. I can yeah. live with that, but I, I have no no real belief that he's going to be a top four player that's going to be good defensively, or at least give you a baseline solid defensive play. Like I don't think that's going to happen. We've seen large large enough sample now that he does a lot of good things, but his issues are still prevalent. We saw it in Edmonton, we saw it in Carolina, we're seeing it in Vancouver defensively making reads and understanding how to play to the details. Right, like we see him make the wrong read consistently. So this is becoming something that's part of what he does and as long as that's going to be part of what he does he's not going to be able to play top four level so if you're in a position where you can get a third out of a guy you give up a fifth four i do it like i would mm-hmm. that's where i'm at in terms of making that move now uh, i will say this both quinn hughes and oliver ekman larson have had better metrics this year when they've played with ethan bear than with luke shen hey facts only he moves the puck all right like hey yeah. his analytics have never been an issue that's fair you know? Yeah. He does make some mind-boggling defensive plays at times, and his reads defensively are not always the strongest either. No, and, they're, and they're bad. Like, they're the type of ones. Like we saw yeah. Myers make ones, make the ones yesterday, and all four ended up in the back of his net. And yep. maybe not every single one of those four were directly his fault, but he played a large part in everyone, and at least three were directly his fault. Like, that's how bad it was. Going back to that Zibanejad, I'm sorry, that Panarin goal we talked Woodley mentioned on mm-hmm. Silovs where he goes across and he's alone. Who who creates that space? It's Ethan Bear going to the wall and leaving that wide open. Like yeah. that, that's going to be a goal 50, 60, 70 percent of the time. That type of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like and he makes those types of mistakes a lot. 
So no matter how good you are moving the puck, and he made a great pass to Kuzmenko yesterday when he had some space. Like when he has space, he can make good plays. Like yeah, you know, he, he he's a really good puck mover. But the type of mistakes he makes when playing bigger minutes and the types of reads. They're egregious, to borrow a term from uh, Rick Tockett, who's been mentioning that. And those are the things that you can have in a player who's going to consistently be playing 20-plus minutes for you in, in all situations. Uh, this one, Justin, reopening this. Sending PDG to Abbotsford. Overrated or underrated? <laughs> overrated. I mean, he should, he should still be on the NHL squad. Like why 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 did he get sent down? I don't even I don't even understand why he got sent down. I guess because they want him to be on the playoff run for the Abbotsford Canucks, and that's where the focus is now for this team. And he's he's helping them win too many games, so it's it's a uh, helping the tank on. I I don't know. I'm just frustrated by it. You know, I I no, thought he played really it. well. You know, I like me a good blue collar player playing up the lineup. You know, scoring a couple of goals, throwing some big hits, doing the right things. Just underrated on this team. Underrated. You, you, you know what? Like, I, I'm not going to be the guy who says don't love a quad A guy. You know, we've all had players we've liked over the years. Like Christian Willannon's, he, he, I'm, you know, I love them in training camp. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. So, like, he might be my guy, so i got to be careful with what I say here. But I do think also, as good as PDG was, I don't know if he's an NHL player, to be mm -hmm. honest. Like, his, his pace is a bit of an issue, right? Like... If he's going to play consistently on a good team, is, is that a guy who's going to be able to keep up and be able to push the pace consistently, that type of role? I have my doubts, right? And, and I think ultimately that's why he is what he is. But, you know, I, I love to see somebody prove us wrong. Like, he needs to get quicker. Like, I, if you want to be that energy guy, you got to be faster than what PBG is. Tones, the emotional attachment we seem to have to average third and fourth line players, overrated or underrated. Very underrated, okay? Who doesn't love, you know, the, the underdog player who was uh, a late-round draft choice or a UDFA and ends up playing some NHL games for you? Just a tryhard who takes nothing for granted. I love those guys, man. You need a, you need one or two of them on your team. You always do. Yeah, you do. Sat's <laughs> <laughs> not convinced. Yeah. I mean, you had an emotional attachment to a third and fourth liner. Listen, Look, we do have hey. attachments to. Listen, I have hey. emotional attachments to, but but I'll I'll cut these guys off in a hurry. That's <laughs> <laughs> just ruthless. You're gone. I, 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 yeah, listen, I, I love what you're providing. You give me a better option. Goodbye. <laughs> I, I, I do find like there is way too much emotional attachment in general, and this is sports. It's part of fandom, you know, to be emotionally attached and to like players and, and it becomes hard to separate yourselves but this has been a great lesson this season because Bo Horvat got traded Shen's on the verge of getting traded uh, this organization hasn't cared about player feelings something that I think maybe they've cared about too much at times and maybe they don't care enough at the time in terms of yeah, how things yeah. have gone but I do believe being more ruthless is something this organization needs with player personnel decisions uh, who who was or is uh, Connor Bedard's favorite player Tyler Mott. Yep. Isn't he one of those bottom six guys that you get emotionally attached to? Yeah. And you know what? Like, he, he went for so much more than what the Canucks got last year. <laughs> so much more. Oh, man. They got Julian Gauthier. Like, he's a B-plus prospect, yeah. right? Did he really go for so much more? I was like. <laughs> no. No. I'm being sarcastic. He went for a seventh-round pick and a guy who's not going to play in the NHL or a guy who's like a bottom six option in the NHL. 
Like, come on. Um, yeah. They, uh, still underrated, okay? Oh, Being a fine. fan is, is getting emotionally attached to, like, players on your roster that you love that aren't the top guys. You know, that aren't just the top guys. Uh, Phil, or sorry, Discount Dracula, the Pepsi and Banana Performance Supplement. Overrated or underrated? <laughs> uh, underrated, man. You know, uh, a, a banana in the mid, like in the middle of your golf round in the summer. Great, gives you a little bit of energy for the back nine. Absolutely, give me that banana every day of the week. I, I mean, I can't believe we're sitting here talking bananas again. But bananas <laughs> and Pepsi. Come on, like people have been eating bananas during games and before games for like. Decades. I bet you went back to like the original Olympians. They would have bananas. Like it's nothing new. They didn't, they didn't invent anything new. Eating a banana on a bench. Yeah. Maybe isn't like, that why it's fun though? Because if you saw them like taking, like drinking a five-hour energy or something on the <laughs> on the bench, you'd be like, oh, that's new. But a banana, you're like, wow, they're still using bananas on the bench. Well, I mean, it's it's. I, mean, I don't think bananas go out of style, Josh. Fair enough. No, Fair enough. <laughs> like, we no longer have bananas. Like at least we've Mitch grown Berger past the need for bananas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need bananas anymore. We, we have this concoction you can mix into your water and drink instead that does everything you need. We need uh, we need more video evidence of the intermission snacks that are happening. You know, uh, the post game meals the teams have. Clearly, this is a big deal for fans. Like, how much did we make? Of the Nathan McKinnon being like, no more real pasta. We're having chickpea pasta only here with the Colorado Avalanche. This is a free ID, <laughs> free idea for Canucks all access behind the scenes. Let's go. There right? you go. You know, uh, people loved when Eddie Lack would tell us, oh, they'd bring in uh, the Miku sushi and stuff like that. Like, yeah, fire it up. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, right. This one from Phil. MLS's new playoff format, overrated <laughs> or underrated? It's so overrated. I mean, MLS in general, like they have a new playoff format basically every year. And why do they always do it? It's because their broadcasters want the potential for uh, better viewership at some point during the year because the way MLS playoffs work, they've devalued the regular season to such a point that watching games in July and August, August, I should speak English, is basically pointless. The MLS regular season is the most, um, <laughs> it is, there are more dog days during the MLS regular season than there is in baseball. Like that's, that's how bad the MLS regular season has become with more than 50% of the league making the postseason and the way that the playoff schedule now works out. It is awful and I hate it. I mean, I haven't really dug into the MLS schedule very much, but I go with what Dan said, and I say <laughs> I concur. Like, I don't think you can have that many soccer matches and a playoff, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like in general, like I get it's a North American thing, and you don't have relegation, so that takes away the sting of it. Like, I, I kind of get it. It's hard to create the European system in North America right away. Like, you, that's not going to happen. But I'm with you. Like, soccer, in essence... The regular season is incredibly important. Like, I watch every single Chelsea match, no matter where they are in the standings, as if, like, the life depends on this result. Every single match. Every single Premier League match matters, no matter what. That's not the same way the MLS is. And I get you can say that's the same thing in the NBA and the NHL, but 
for soccer fans, I think it's it's, it's hard. It's hard to devalue the, the the regular season to that degree. The dumbest thing they've done, not to like just really crush MLS right now, but <laughs> apparently I'm doing this. Um, they're going to a best of three, like a series. Just do aggregate. That's all you need. One home match for each team, and you aggregate the score. That's it. It's worked forever in the Champions League and every other soccer event that we know of for club teams. Why not do it in the MLS playoffs? It is known to work. It creates incredible drama. You do not need a best-of-three series in a soccer league. Thank you. Yeah. That, that ends my TED Talk. All right. The gate, the gate revenue matters for those <laughs> matches. Anyways, go on. Go on. Chef Swagger. Spall, slowly attain. What? <laughs> what just happened? Spoliatella. No, Spoliatella. Close. Spoliatella. 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 Oh, there you go, Sat. Spoliatella. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, they are delicious. I was uh, going to be if like, Spoliatella. Yeah, uh, if you get yeah. a, a nice spoliatella, you are uh, a spoliatella. If you want to do the plural of it, um, you, you're you're in love. <laughs> you know, they are fantastic. They got the crunchy, and then a little bit of the the softness and the cream on the inside. It's it's delicious. Kind of like a, an Italian croissant, if you want, if you will. It's fantastic. Italian croissant. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think Chef Does, does it come like with like uh, any almond or chocolate in it too? Uh huh. You, you can totally do that. You can you can add it. You can customize it however you'd like. Great. <laughs> Is it easier to say when you add stuff or no? It doesn't make it easier. No, it doesn't make it any easier. Oh. We got to find a, a, a nice place for uh, for the tele, and I'll bring some in for the boys. You should do that. Sounds great. <laughs> Steamer. Maybe when Josh is done medium 75. <laughs> yeah. It's not allowed on the medium 75 diet. Uh, Steamer, boiled eggs in a lasagna. Overrated or underrated? I'm sorry, what? Boiled eggs in a lasagna. In a lasagna? Yeah. That is definitely... Um, Apparently, know, it's like traditional in some places. So, yeah. I, like, I am Calabres. My parents hailed from uh, Calabria, the region of Italy in the south. Mm. And, you know, it is sort of a thing, but uh, never really a thing for me. So, <laughs> overrated. I, like, even, um, like, ricotta lasagna, like the cheese lasagnas, instead of having the nice, you know, meat lasagna. I'm, I'm only a meat lasagna guy. I, I've had a few good uh, veggie lasagnas, to be honest, that I yeah. have enjoyed. But I'm with you. Like, it's nothing replaces a, a good meaty lasagna. Mm-hmm. 100%. All right. Uh, craft beer guy. Work potlucks. Overrated or underrated? <laughs> oh, my. Okay. So uh, a place I previously worked. Um, remember we used to have Christmas parties back in the day? Yeah. We've yep. had them. You know, we had one this year for, you know, get-togethers get- get- and everything. Um, I was sick, though. I couldn't make it. I wasn't, I wasn't very happy about that. We, we finally had a get-together, and I get the flu. But we anyways, had so much fun around. without you. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised. But, uh, yeah, like... I remember we had to work, and they didn't do, like, the Christmas parties. It's like, okay, we know the industry is going rough and all that sort of stuff. It's not easy, so we're not doing Christmas parties this year. But, but, bring five bucks or bring food and do a potluck at work. And I'm like, wait, I'm doing Christmas party where I at work, and I have to pay money or make food to bring it to work? No. Like, it, <laughs> like if I'm if I'm going to a Christmas party from work... You're supplying me the food. Like, I'm not bringing food and I'm not paying for it. That's not a Christmas party. 
Like, if, if I want a, a, a slice of bad pizza, I'll go get it myself. If I want to make, you know, mediocre lasagna, I'll make it myself. I don't need to eat my co-workers' food for a potluck. If the company can't afford a Christmas party, don't have one. I was going to say underrated, but... Why? So you can figure out who's the terrible cook? Or well, who's it, the person that goes goes to the grocery store and buys something? Yeah, well, I think it's underrated if if it's not a Christmas party situation like that. Yep. <laughs> like, like, let's say it's just a I'm potluck. I'm 100% with Sat on this. Uh, yeah. Okay, but let's say you're just having a potluck. <laughs> yes. If everyone commits to actually making something and they care about it a little bit, mm. I think it's underrated. See, I wouldn't do for work though. Like that would be like, hey, we do it ourselves as friends. Like I'm not letting work. I, like I'm not. I'm not making food for work. Yes, that's not happening. I'm with Fair you. Enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, you're not gonna throw a party and ask me to do work for it for the company. <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, we'll end with this one, Matt Nabby. Matt Nabby, mm. sounding like Elliot Friedman. Just yeah, sound like the, the Krusty Burger guy there for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Matt Nabby. Overrated, underrated, gimmicky food like three-foot hot dogs, extra, extra large pizzas, and deep-fried Mars bars. Oh, man. So, like, carnival food or, like, stadium food, I guess. I I love to say overrated because most of it is, but then every once in a while you'll find a gem. Like, I did have a deep-fried Mars bar once, and it was was everything I thought it would be in terms of being (laughs) amazing. I had deep-fried coffee at, I think it was at the Peony, and it was, every year I go to the Peony, I go back. It was amazing. Um, I, I, I would say like, you know, some of the, uh, gimmicky foods are overrated, but there's something about being at a baseball game and getting that baseball stadiums, weird gimmicky food that is part of the experience. So I kind of like it certain situations. It's fine. And it's underrated. Arizona diamondbacks. They have this ice cream hot dog. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Ice cream hot dog. I think the bun was more of a, like, uh. It wasn't a regular hot dog bun, but I, I forget what it was, but it was good. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Definitely, you need to share it, but it was it was tasty. Uh, all right. That is uh, overrated, underrated here on, uh, on Canuck Central. Uh, this text, uh, the Champions League doesn't even do aggregate anymore. That's from Graham in Surrey. They still do aggregate. They just don't have the away goals rule anymore. So that's uh, that's the thing with the Champions League this year. Yes. And I know they're changing the format in 2024. Not that I would know much about it. And soon Sat won't know much about the Champions League with uh, where Chelsea is oh. in the standings either. You know what? <laughs> Just had to get You're one probably not wrong. Shot. You're probably not wrong, but that hurts, okay? <laughs> it hurts. That it was hurts. very mean. That was very mean, Rich. Uh, all right. Uh, for producers Josh and Elon, my co-host Sat, you've been listening to Canuck Central. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drance. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.